We say it every Sunday and sometimes in between. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Does that mean, well, I've set an example by forgiving others, so please do the same for me? Or does it mean if I forgive? Does it matter? Whichever way you say it, clearly our being forgiven is dependent on our forgiving others. Which is what Jesus is saying in this parable of the man who won't forgive even a little debt when such a huge one has been forgiven to him. Now, for those of us who believe we are saved by grace, not works, this sounds suspiciously like having to earn our salvation. Is that what Jesus is saying? Or is there something else that he's trying to tell us? I think the answer lies in that bit about being hauled off to jail. I remember one father who made the very foolish threat, if you don't do as I want, I'll never speak to you again. And he didn't. Well, he not only lost the delight of his son's company, he completely missed out on watching his grandchildren grow up. Christmas, sports events, graduations, weddings, he missed them all. You know, parents who are literally in jail see more of their family than he did. That unforgiving man put himself in jail. His own pride and stubbornness got in the way of the relationship. Now, sometimes that anger is well-placed. Carol's very promising young son was shot and killed. The police had a pretty good idea who'd done it, but there was never enough evidence to bring it to trial. So of course she was angry. She had every right to be. And her anger was really the only way she had to punish the men who had harmed her so badly. But you know, that kind of anger turns against us and begins to eat us up. Keeps us awake at night. It keeps us going from the place that reminds us of our hurt. It even has been known to keep people away from this place. Well, hanging on to that old hurt and anger is just plain bad for us. But how do we get out of it? In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis commented, if we really want to learn how to forgive, perhaps we better start with something easier than the Gestapo. Taking that advice, author Anne Lamott tells of her own decision to learn forgiveness. She says, I decided to put everyone I'd ever lived with, slept with, or been reviewed by on hold and start with someone I barely knew whom I'd hated for only a while, an enemy light. Well, God began to act like Sam I am from Green Eggs and Ham. Everywhere I went, there were helpful household hints on loving one's enemies, on turning the other cheek, on how doing that makes you look in a new direction. There were admonitions about the self-destructiveness of not forgiving people and reminders that this usually doesn't hurt other people as much as it hurts you. In fact, she says, not forgiving is like drinking rat poisoning and expecting the rat to die. Do you remember the awful, awful shooting of the Amish children in the West Nickel Mines School? 
the immediate reaction of the parents of those children was to forgive. I'll confess it would have taken me a long time to get there. But forgiveness was so much a part of their faith that they were able to do that. A spokesman for the family of the shooter named Charles Roberts said an Amish neighbor comforted the Roberts family hours after the shooting and extended forgiveness to them. Amish community visitors, members visited and comforted Robert's widow, parents, and parents-in-law. One Amish man held Robert's sobbing father in his arms reportedly for over an hour to comfort him. About 30 members of the Amish community attended Robert's funeral. And Marie Roberts, the widow of the killer, was one of the very few outsiders invited to the funeral of one of the victims. You can only do that because you have been practicing and practicing and practicing. Do you remember Peter's question that elicited this parable? How many times should I forgive? Seven times? You know, the rabbi said you should forgive three times, so Peter's really, you know, he's into it. But what does Jesus say? Seventy times seven. That's a lot. Think about it. How would you keep track? I mean, wouldn't you rather get in the habit of forgiving if you did that? And, you know, what's one more time? Now, at this point, I have to stop and say that forgiveness is not the same as consequences. There are people who are so destructive, so harmful, that the relationship simply is not safe. And forgiving them does not mean that we don't put up some safeguards around ourselves. You know, women have really been abused by this in so many ways. You know, forgive the guy who beats you up all the time. Yeah, but you don't keep staying there. So to forgive such people is a way then to set ourselves free from the hold that they have on us. We can let go. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Well, you know, God will see to that in God's own way, in God's own time. And knowing that, we can let go and get on with our lives. We can stay out of jail. Let me tell you the story of someone who had that tested in a way that will happen to very few of us. During the Second World War, a Dutch woman, Corrie Ten Boom, along with her sister and father, were sent to Ravensbrück, a Nazi concentration camp for hiding Jews. They'd been hiding Jews, and they were sent there. Her sister and her father died there, but Corrie was released due to some kind of weird clerical error. I think God had a plan. After the war, she returned to Germany to declare the grace of Christ, and she writes, It was 1947, and I'd come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. It was the truth they needed most to hear in that bitter, bombed-out land. And I gave them my favorite mental picture. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven sins were thrown. When we confess our sins, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever, and even though I cannot find a scripture for it, I believe God then places a sign out there that says, no fishing allowed. (laughs) 
The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. And that's when I saw him, working his way forward among the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a cap with a skull and crossbones. The man who was making his way forward had been a guard, one of the most cruel guards. And now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, our sins are all at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among a thousand women? But I remembered him. I was face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook and your talk, he said. I was a guard there. No, he didn't remember me, but since that time he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Fraulein, again the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I, whose sins had again and again been forgiven and could not forgive. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for asking? It could have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out. But it seemed to me hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I know that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust out my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started and my shoulder raced down. My arm sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. That's her story. You see, when we cannot do it alone, there is one who can help. Amen.